What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast presented by Corona Premier, the official beer of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 109. Uh, with me, as always, my co-host, Matt Small. What's going on, man? 109, buddy. Big, big, uh, big episode. I'm doing well. I'm uh, a little tired. It's all right. It's kind of like the norm on the podcast here, but uh, we have a few more trades to talk about for the trade deadline because uh, we recorded last Thursday and Friday was the deadline, so... Uh, maybe a handful more to talk about along with some other news. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited for this episode, buddy. Yeah, we got some 3 p.m. moves from last Friday to cover, so this is going to be old news for some of you guys. Uh, some new faces on a lot of your teams lately, so you can, you know, you got a good feel for how they're slotting into the lineup now. And we can get it started off today with the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. They traded forward Max Domi and goalie Dylan Wells to the Dallas Stars in exchange for goalie Anton Hudobin and a 2025 second-round pick. This uh, was interesting. Um, I actually do like this for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, they're getting uh, uh, one, a good goalie as uh, Antoine Hudobin, and they're looking for picks because the whole team's going through a huge rebuild. Uh, so the second-round pick for 2025 is going to really help them out. Uh, for the pickup for Dallas Stars, uh, Dylan Wells, I actually really like Dylan Wells. I think Dylan Wells played for the New York Rangers. I don't think many games because he was just a prospect, but I do like him as a prospect goaltender. And uh, how do you feel about Max Domi? I feel like his career has kind of kind of fallen by the wayside lately, ever since leaving uh, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. I think that he was slotting in pretty nicely on Chicago with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, like kind of you know a new face in the locker room that can get some get some job done and help out with the rebuild and stay there for a bit. But yeah. kind of crazy to see him move to another new team. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems to be bouncing around the league quite a bit. I don't necessarily necessarily think it's bad, though. Like, no. some guys get bounced because they're, you know, a habitual suitcase and there's there's reasons for it. But I just think, like, he's a good trading piece and a lot of teams want him on their roster, you know? Right, 100%. I mean, um, actually, now I'm looking at his stats now. 18 goals, 31 assists. Uh uh, I'm eating my hat right now with uh, what I just said. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was just having a rough season. Maybe not. Maybe we're thinking, you know, what I was thinking is the, is the season before. The season before, he kind of had it rough with the Hurricanes, two goals, five assists. But, uh, yeah, he's already slotting in with the Dallas Stars as we speak. Uh, three games played, one goal, one assist. So, already already helping out with the Dallas Stars. But uh, we'll be talking about the Dallas Stars a little later on tonight and how well they're doing. So, maybe, maybe a solid fit for them, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think they're getting some uh, depth of the playoffs, too, here. Mm -hmm. Watch him be a sneaky one. Watch him just like kind of like a steal for them, you know? I think so. Yeah. Uh, the Detroit Detroit Red Wings have traded forward Jacob Vrana to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for forward Dylan McLaughlin and a 2025 seventh-round pick. Nice. So pretty good haul for Jacob Vrana, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty good move for them, and they're looking at the future as well. Yeah. Um, again, Detroit Red Wings still uh, trying to put some pieces together, so uh, any picks would do maybe – Maybe Dylan McLaughlin might be a trade piece for later on. Maybe uh, a 2025 seventh round pick might be. That could also be a trade piece for later on. So I, I didn't. This was a pretty good trade for. Her. I think uh, it's a big step up for Jacob Verona too. I think in my eyes, I think it'll slot in well with the Blues. Hopefully, they're gonna need something over there. Yeah, fuck. The San Jose Sharks have traded forward Nick Benino back to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for a defenseman Arvid Henriksson, a 2024 condi conditional fifth round pick, and a 2023 seventh round pick. As part of the trade. The Montreal Canadiens have received defenseman Tony Sund and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Well, two teams that definitely need fucking picks here, the San Jose Sharks and Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we were just talking about the Sharks before we even recorded how uh, they fucking fell. And 
Obviously, the San Jose Jocks aren't doing well. Montreal Canadiens are not doing well either. So these picks are going to help both of them all together. Uh, it is it is kind of crazy to see like um, three team trades like this. Um, but uh, I don't know. Nick Benino back with the Pens. Get the boys back together. I think they'll they'll be nice. Maybe he maybe he could step in and figure shit out for them because. Man, fuck that. I, I've, I, I have gone way past the point of uh, picking them for a 20 push-up challenge. You, you, you I, I was, like, licking my chops whenever I picked a game that they were in because I'm like, this guy's getting on Pittsburgh. And you could say Penguins versus Chicago L-L-L. Blackhawks. You could, pay, you could say Penguins versus Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm like, you know what? Columbus Blue Jackets. Because that's, uh, that's how affected I am. They've been fucking with me ever since every time I pick them. Yeah. Also, you've been on a tear, by the way. Yeah, I've been I've been doing pretty well, I'd say. I, I feel like it's almost 500, though, because, I mean, I got behind on my push-ups. I had to bang out 60 yesterday, so I had three losses to catch up on, but I, I don't think they were in a row, you know? I will say, and you got me tonight. I will say my triceps are the strongest they've been in a long time. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks have traded forward Curtis Lazard and the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a 2024 fourth-round pick. And I'm just going to lump in the next one as well. The Flyers okay. have traded forward Zach McEwen to the LA Kings in exchange for forward Brendan Lemieux and a 2024 fifth-round pick. <clears throat> okay. I want to go back to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, 2024 fourth-round pick, perfect for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Curtis Lazar, he was great for the Bruins, or okay for the Bruins, I should say. Uh, but he's become one of those players that just been bouncing around a bit yeah uh as for the philadelphia flyers there uh zach McEwen for uh brendan lemieux both both haymaker both both fighters so it's just pretty much fighter for fighter and a uh, 2024 fifth round pick so i uh i don't mind this trade whatsoever i think it was a solid like one for one and yeah uh, but like my thing is like they kind of both do the same job fill the same role i think lemieux brings a bit more of like the grittiness and like the the kind of grime of the sport so yeah. i don't know if they really uh want that mm-hmm. and i think zach McEwen has a higher ceiling but they definitely need that pick so maybe that's what they were looking at it for you know maybe. yeah 100 2024 maybe a round. change of pace for both guys too maybe yeah but i don't know we'll see how it slots in definitely not stats wise we're gonna be looking at pims with these guys yeah the yeah. san jose sharks have stayed very active this uh deadline day oh, yeah. uh they traded forward vladislav nemesnikov to the winnipeg jets in exchange for a 2025 fourth round pick Nemesnikov has now played for eight teams in the past three years, and he also now holds the records for most times being traded on deadline day at four. <laughs> oh, man. This dude just can't stay on a team whatsoever. Yeah, it's nuts. Oh, I man. feel bad for this guy. Having to pack up and move his family eight different times, you know? Yeah, it's rough. Uh, the whole Jonathan Quick thing made me realize uh, how rough that would have been, how rough things can be. Uh, I brought up the fact that he was up, he was there for 16 years with the LA Kings. I'm like, geez, it's been that long already. But uh, it's 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 crazy that like these players like find a house, they they have children, they have a family, they created like this home, and then all of a sudden like all of a sudden it takes like one phone call from the organization, be like, hey, you're going to Boston, like you're going somewhere else, we're like shit, we gotta figure this out. If you're a single guy, not so bad. If you're a single guy, like young guy, that's kind of used to getting bossed around, kind of moving around. I'm sure you're used to it, but for older guys. Uh, like I think I think there. no matter what, getting traded kind of sucks, sucks. No matter who you are, right? But uh, kind of rough, call, rough for domestic Nemestikov uh, here. But uh, maybe he'll see. Maybe every, this is the team. Maybe this is the team. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If not, you got uh, <laughs> what, what's that? Twenty-four more teams. You Twenty-four can pick more from? teams. Yeah, you let's got, go. You got plenty of teams to choose from. We'll give you. We'll give you a go. A couple small ones. I'm going to lump in together again. The Montreal Canadiens have traded forward Nate Schnarr to the LA Kings in exchange for defenseman Frederick Allard. 
And the NIM Ducks have traded defenseman Dmitry Kulikov to the Penguins in exchange for forward Brock McGinn and a 2024 third-round pick. Nice. So good haul for Kulikov. Oh, yeah. Good haul. Brock McGinn, big fan of him. And, uh, again, third-round pick 2024 is a big pickup for Anaheim Ducks. Again, I think I talked about this, about this before we even got into, like, our original breakdown for the trade deadlines. I was talking about, like, these bottom-of-the-line teams, like, looking for fucking uh, draft picks. And here we are with uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, we're talking about L.A. Kings and – uh, right here with the Anaheim Anaheim Ducks getting these uh, round draft, uh, sorry third round picks, but uh, good pickup. I uh, I really got nothing to it. I, I honestly think it's just like a solid one one for one plus a uh, third round pick. Yeah. I just can't tell which way Pittsburgh is trying to trend themselves. Like yeah, they are question. in the fifth seed in the East, um, on the inside of the playoffs, but only by about four points, um, and it's like. Are they really going to buy in with Benino and, um, you know, Kulikov to try and get this done? Or are they, you know, kind of transitioning towards the rebuild, like get ready for the future kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I still can't really tell what, what they're kind of leaning towards yet with the trade deadline. It's like they're there, but I wonder if they're just like, ah, we're not fully it's there. Got, they're, so they are not going to be able to make it out of the East, no. I don't think. Fuck no. No. Oh, no. It's going to take a miracle, like Montreal Canadian style, you know? Oh, 1,000%. One, 1, yeah, if they, if they make the playoffs, uh, that's going to be a quick fucking first round exit for the Pens. And mm. I think they know that. I think as the organization, maybe they already know that, and they're just like, all right, we gotta, we got to look to the future here. If we make the playoffs, let's try our best, figure out how these figure out how the boys do, and uh, go from there. So that's, that's my thought. So this was a pretty big one to me. Uh, the Minnesota Wild have traded forward Jordan Greenway to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Uh, Jordan Greenway last night, uh, last it's Friday, and Jordan Greenway for the Buffalo Sabres uh, were fucking annihilated, though. Who were they playing? It was Buffalo Sabres versus... Uh, it was like ten to four was like the final score, but Jordan Greenway had one had a goal in that game, and uh, it was a pretty sick little tip uh, tip for him. So he's already making uh, headway there at the Buffalo Sabres. I do like him. I think he needs to be moved up in the in the lineup, and he couldn't really get there with Minnesota. wasn't clicking well. So I think a change of pace maybe will will set him on the right track again. Yeah. And I think he's definitely worth these. I think he's definitely worth that twenty twenty three second round and uh, fifth round pick. I think uh, Minnesota Wild, too. Although a great team, it's great all-around team. Yeah, 100%. It's a win-win. And uh, they're really looking they're, – they're a great team. But, again, just, like, still looking to the future and really trying to solidify themselves as, like, a top playoff team organization, I should say. But, yeah, I do, I, I love Jordan Greenway. What's your take on him? I do, too. I do yeah. like to I do like to watch him in the, in the lineup. Um, yep. I feel like he's got a little bit of grit to him. Like he he's not the you know the finesse guy that's gonna no. score some flashy highlight reel goal, no. but kind of just you know clocks in clocks out gets the job done kind of guy. Yep. Uh, got a couple small ones here. The Buffalo Sabers have traded defenseman Austin Strand to the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for defenseman Chase Prisky. The Toronto Maple Leafs have traded forward Dryden Hunt to the Calgary Flames in exchange for forward Radim Zahorna. So I don't have anything on that. I want to say that these guys are just like kind of prospects, prospects. coming up in the lineup. Yeah. Um, even for this next one, the Dallas Stars have traded forward Jacob Peterson to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for forward Scott, Scott Reedy. Reedy. Yep. So we can just keep this one moving if you want. Keep it going. Yep. Uh, the Red Wings have traded forward Oscar Sungfist to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a 2023 fourth round pick. Uh, interesting for uh, Sundqvist. Yeah. Um, again, so coming in where Greenway was going out, and they moved their 
Uh, Minnesota basically moved their pick in the fourth round up to become a second round with the Greenway trade. Yeah, isn't that, quite, isn't that fucking crazy? So like piecing too? the piecing the couple trades together. Yeah, I think that's good. I think Sunkfist is a good uh, filler guy in mm-hmm. your in your roster, and maybe he can, you know, have the change of pace that Greenway needed, et cetera. You know. Yep, and the Red Wings are a team, though they don't seem like that. Uh, though I should say, though they don't seem like it, but they definitely are a team where they are willing to, uh, they are willing to trade one of their high end high-end players if if the trade if the price is right mm-hmm. and i think uh the price is right here with the minnesota wild so i think they picked up a uh, solid forward here i agree mm-hmm. the philadelphia flyers made another trade uh forward patrick brown going to the ottawa senators for a 2023 sixth round pick um next up i have a pretty interesting one here the arizona coyotes have traded defenseman troy stetcher and forward nick ritchie to the calgary flames in exchange for defenseman connor mackey and forward brett ritchie Nice. This is the first ever brother-for-brother brother trade in NHL history. Hmm. And I just wanted to give a special shout-out to the Calgary Flames management uh, on deadline day this year. Brad Tree Living was pretty emotional during an interview with the media. Uh, he said that assistant GM Chris Snow was texting him from the emergency room on deadline day. So oh, shit. we wish him all the best, but mm-hmm. um, tough to see him cut up in the interview like that. Right. Uh, but definitely cool to see them still getting after it and making the trades they need to do, you know, mm-hmm. get the moves done. Uh, brother for the brother trade, kind of interesting. I do like Troy Stetcher a lot, so oh, yeah. I think the Calgary Flames are winning out in this oh, one. Oh, yeah, 1,000%. As soon as I saw Troy Stetcher, I was like, oh, boy, and Calgary Flames, that's a good pickup. Uh, Calgary Flames, who not really doing as good as they were last season, I think with the missing of uh, Matthew Kachuk and that whole trade deal, uh, they might be uh, missing a bit of him, but the Troy Stetcher is going to really fucking help out, especially for a young guy, too. Young talent, I should say, for the Calgary Flames. I think he's going to really help out. I think he's going to really uh, find a spot there. Maybe third line, maybe. Third or fourth line. There. But he'll yeah. be good. Yep. 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 So get ready for uh, – get ready to see a uh, good Troy Stetcher as soon as he figures himself out with the uh, Calgary Flames and the talent they have. I guarantee you uh, – you might see some stat stat rises on the uh, horizon for Stetcher here. So I got an interesting one here. I'm about to move on to a trade to Minnesota, but I just wanted to shout them out real quick. 37-21-7. They have 81 points, two points behind the Dallas Stars, who are leading the division. 8-0-2 in their last 10 are the Minnesota Wilds. So this team is hot, and right now they're mm-hmm. making a lot of moves. I think they're going to make a good playoff push. I don't know how far they'll go. They're kind of that team that gets in every year and kind of doesn't really go too far, but... I think this is a big addition right here. The Anaheim Ducks have traded defenseman John Klingberg to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for defenseman Andre Schuster, forward Nikita Nestorenko, and a 2025 fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. 50% of Klingberg's salary is being retained by the Ducks as well. Uh, actually, I just w- I do want to bring up, too, that uh, um, out of the two games that were played tonight, since we're talking about the Anaheim Ducks, uh, they beat the Calgary Flames 3-1 to tonight, so... I don't know, maybe these trades are fucking working out in their favor. Yeah, like what's crazy too, right? The the John Klingberg thing is nuts to me. He was on the free agent market. Anaheim paid him big, big bucks, like gave him that fat contract at the beginning of this fucking season yeah. for him to come over there and then shipped him out. Shipped him. Yep. Got got a good return for him, but did have to eat half of his fucking salary that you decided to pay him yeah. just to get him out of the out yeah. of the building, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, this is insane. I thought Klingberg was going to be, you know, a, a career duck now after moving on from the Dallas Stars. But, right. Um, kind of nuts to see, but staying in the same, 
you know, area on the West Coast and, and sorry, not the West Coast, but the Western uh, Conference yep. and seeing the same competition. I, I do like Klingberg as a player, and I think he'll perform much better in Minnesota's system than with the, you know, up-and-coming Anaheim Ducks. Mm, talking about, and especially Minnesota Wild here. We've talked about Minnesota Wild a handful of times already with these uh, with these trades, too, and they've been just picking up, they've been picking up trade, uh, sorry, they've been picking up round uh, draft picks, and they've been picking up players, too, and I think John Klimberg as a defenseman for the Minnesota Wild is fucking massive. Yeah, so it's going to be good. Looking good. Looking good for Anaheim Ducks, too. Oh, uh, I think this, especially for the Anaheim Ducks being in this for, like, a lot a lot of this episode so far, I think it really shows uh, the Ducks organization and, like, for the Ducks fans to say, hey, listen, like, we know we, know we need to fucking rebuild and we're here to show you we're going to do something because – uh, I'm going to be talking about later on tonight that the Flyers uh, didn't really do that much, so we'll be talking about that later on. But let's keep uh, let's keep going with these trades. Yeah, you want to tackle a few of them? Yeah, let's do it. I'll give you a break here as my phone goes off. The Colorado Avalanche have traded Fort Antoine Bladet to the New York Rangers in exchange for Gustav Riddell. Um, how? So I kind of thought he was just okay. Uh, Bladet bleed, uh, for the bleed. bleed so yeah. I, Right. Fucking that up. He played. He played with the Bruins. Bruins I mean, he was a bottom yeah. bottom six guy. Um, yeah. yeah, I think this is basically not prospect for prospect, but like you know, okay. up and coming bottom six guy. We'll see what he can pan see out to be. Yeah. So we're just gonna move on from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have traded defenseman Wyatt Kelnick to the New York Rangers in exchange for a body future considerations yet again. So uh, again, again, I've been saying this for the past three seasons, uh, three episodes. I was just like, fuck, like, I wish, like, really wish we could find out what that future, future considerations, like, look like, you know? But uh, we'll never, we'll, we'll just never have it. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres have traded Ford Rasmus Asplund to the Nashville Predators in exchange for a 2025 seventh round pick. I like Asplund. Um, I think he was, like, he's definitely, like, a bottom line guy for a seventh round pick. Uh, but, I don't know, Buffalo Sabres, yet again, I feel like he got some some not spotlight but like some attention in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like his name's been up there at least, you know. Mm-hmm. So and if it they, should be good for Nashville. And if they can move some cap maybe for the Buffalo Sabres say like off season, uh they want to make some uh signs there. I think Asplund kind of opened up some cap space for them mm-hmm. and uh they get a 7th round pick out of it. So uh not 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 too shabby for the Buffalo Sabres here. Uh, moving on, the L.A. Kings have traded forward Austin Wagner to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for, yet again, the future considerations. Yeah, I gave you a kind of shitty run of uh, trades there, but we rounded those out. We do have uh, <laughs> some signs to cover, too, but that basically wraps up the NHL trade deadline. Um, kind of interesting this year. I feel like this was a very active trade deadline, like very. more so than usual. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of it came ahead of time. I think yeah. teams were yeah. ready and like chomping at the bit to get things done. So mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, let's let's get our guys in early and get them in the roster and and you know look at it from there." Yes. I I like that idea, but I also like the concept of, you know, typically if every team does it in the league, you're waiting until deadline day because now when guys like Taylor Hall or or Felino go down for the Bruins, right, mm-hmm. right? You're looking at it and saying, "Well, now I know I need to go out and get someone." Whereas yeah, right. You know, you go out and make a big trade first, and then the guy gets hurt. It's like, well, fuck, fuck. now I still need to make another one, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's why I like waiting till the actual deadline day. But obviously this season everyone started jumping early with the Bo Horvat trade starting everything off. So. Oh, yeah. 
I think that really lit the fire. They're just like, all right, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, especially no, I, when it's a big name like him moving quick. Yeah. You know how like you kind of don't want to be the first guy to do something. You gotta go on away for someone else to do it. And I think that whole, that whole uh, big tra- the whole Horvat trade really was just like, okay, let's fucking yeah. just do it. You know. Uh, want to get into? Want me to get into the signings? Here? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So the Washington Capitals have signed for Nicholas Abe Kubel to a one-year contract with one point two two five million dollars. Uh, Abe Kubel for 1.2, I, I like. Um, definitely, uh, I'd say fourth line, third line guy mm-hmm. for the uh, Washington Capitals. I think uh, kind of really solidified him, his spot with the cap. So I like it. Not not real too much to drive home. If I'm not wrong. I think he is the one that won the cup with uh, Colorado and maybe was the guy that dropped and dented it or dropped the cup in. Some of, yeah, he was in some of those uh, little little highlight videos of them having a, having a blast. So uh, good for him. Maybe they took some cap out so we can fucking fix the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the National Predators have signed uh, defenseman Dante Fabro to a one-year contract with a 2.5 mil. If you're a National Predators fan, Fabro is a solid defenseman that uh, kind of doesn't get much spotlight uh, because he's one of those team guys that uh, – doesn't want the spotlight, I guess I should say. Like he- I, I feel like a lot of defensemen don't. Like, if you're not the guy that's snapping the puck up, you know, getting up there offensively, like, you kind of want to fly under the radar. You yep. want to be the, I'm on the ice, nothing happens, I'm off the ice, and, yep. you know. Dante, yeah, Dante Fabro is a solid player that uh, he's got some speed to him. He can break up the puck. If uh, he, he's, got, he's that defenseman that's going to be right there with the uh, with the, any guy coming into, like, blue line or – just being a solid like, blue line player, making some plays there too. So, uh, good pickup, good signing, I should say, for the Nashville Predators. And uh, another Predators sign here too. They also signed goalie Kevin Lankinen to a one-year deal with two mil, uh, which says a lot because Kevin Lankinen has been with them for two years. Do you have that at all? I th- was it last year or two years ago? Kevin Lankinen came over. So a good pickup. I think Kevin Lankinen's a solid uh, backup for uh, UC Saros. So I think that Dan has been fucking great for him um especially with uh what am i trying to say here especially with like the whole uc saros and pecorine uh tandem splitting up and uc saros becoming the uh starting goaltender then you got casmir cascasuo was like the third string and they're trying to figure shit out but i think kevin lankin and coming over from the chicago blackhawks is really uh Really made an impact with the Preds organization, and two mil for him seems to be pretty good. Yeah, he came over at the beginning of this season, 14 games See, played yeah, for okay. the Predators, uh, a .922 save percentage, a 2.58, so that's uh, pretty good. really good for the modern NHL, I'd say. Yeah, so really looking good for uh, that that just tandem just in general. So, And the last couple signings I have for you guys, too. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. The Vancouver Canucks have signed a pair of defensemen to a couple contracts, so you don't really have all the details on yet. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say this guy's name. Guillaume? Guillaume? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Breezebois <laughs> to a two-year contract. The cap has not been disclosed yet of how much he signed for. And they also signed Kirill Kudryavstev to a three-year entry-level contract. Same thing. There's no numbers on that yet, so no, that's how new that news is. Usually when you see entry-level, that dude's going to be sent to uh, the Bond, which is Iowa Wild. Actually, it's about the Iowa Wild. Oh, no, I'm talking about the Vancouver Canucks, sorry. But uh, Guillaume Brisebois, um, wasn't he, like, fourth line? I, I thought I had that up on my fucking thing. Um, but, yeah, regardless, a uh, little good signing for the Vancouver Canucks, who are just – one of the teams that are also hurting, hurting with like IRs and shit. So, 
maybe so, maybe a guy that they could just like kind of rely on and just try to finish out the rest of the season with, you know. Uh, but uh, ready to uh, finish this up and get into some news here? Yeah, I got one quick injury update, too. Um, okay. Anaheim's goalie, Anthony Stolarz, is going to miss the rest of the season with a lower body injury. So that kind of sucks oh, to boy. see right after all these trades and moves that brought in some picks and stuff. So they are just tanking for Bedard. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> Imagine that, dude. Bedard, Zegers, to the oh, just Jesus. all pissed off. Oh, minus Christ. 100 goal differential. <laughs> no defense, just all offensive all firepower. Offense. Don't need it. Don't need it. Just. All right. So I got a. Uh, I got one of the new trades we were talking about. Guys filling into their slots and, and you know getting familiar with their teams. We had Tampa Bay versus Buffalo the other night. This was awesome to see Tanner Janot making an impact immediately for the Lightning yeah. as he just dropped Riley Stillman Ugh. of the Buffalo Sabers. First fight for the new team under his belt, and mm. he just bodied the guy. Like literally, they were like waving for help from the bench. It was fucking kind of scary, yep. but it was good to see Riley Stillman got up and uh, took care of it and. Got back. I think he might have got back out there for the game too. I forget. Yeah, I talked about uh, when we were talking about the trade breakdown for uh, Tanjano. I said this dude's a fucking going to be a big body, and uh, and the Lightning definitely definitely got him. We got back. They have big bodies throughout. Uh, Tampa Lightning just has big bodies, uh, just in general. Yeah, but. I think I saw that they are statistically the heaviest team in the NHL with an average weight of two hundred and seven pounds. Fucking wild. Yeah. Now that's like. When you think about it as a bear league, you're just like, wow, those guys are fat. But then when you think about like NHL plays, like, oh god, those guys are fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, it's all muscle. It's, it's all fat. fucking muscle. Yeah. yeah, it's like holy shit. Like imagine getting fucking, oh, getting cornered by one of those guys on the boards. Fuck. But uh, good on uh, Tanner Janot you know, here, really be like, I'm here, I'm here for you guys, and let's uh, let's fucking get things going. And holy shit, is he just like he's rocking out, man, from one team to another? I'd be like, let's drop the gloves. It's it's. I'm going to show you what a what for, you know? Yeah, so. putting his body on the line right away. Yep. It's good to see. Love it. This one kind of flew under the radar, honestly. So Vancouver Canucks' Quinn Hughes is officially the fastest defenseman of all time to reach 200 assists, doing so in just 263 games played. <laughs> kind of a sneaky 200 assists. Like, he, he yeah. kind of did that all under the radar, I'd say, you know? I, I think defensively he's driving the offense and running the power play at that point, right? Well, I think for the Vancouver Canucks just in general, we all kind of uh, – we lean on the negatives for the team, not so much the positives for the team, which has been their. Uh... I don't think so though. Like uh, Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, like there's so many, so much potential. JT Miller, they have so many studs. Like the future looks so good. It's really just about you know waiting it out. We did pump up their ties uh, when we did that team breakdown before yeah. uh, before this season, and uh, we're actually looking at their. Um, uh, we're actually looking at their. What am I trying to say? Just their, just kind of like their roster before we even recorded, and it's like eight guys just like on IR. Mm-hmm. But then when you look at their roster, you're just like, wow, they have like these guys that like actually like putting in work, and they have the assists, and they have the goals. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But then you look at goaltending, and you're like, oh god, Spencer Martin, Tasha Demko's out injured, and then you have um, oh who's the uh, third string that out out now? But it's just holy shit. Do you blame Goaltending it now at this point, or just an all-around team nah, situation? No, it's all just, so just a bad. I don't get it. Look at go. If you're a fan right now, go on your phone right now. NHL.com. Look at Vancouver Canucks. Look at their roster, and be like, how, how, how are they fucking so bad this season? Like, I, I don't, I just don't get it. But uh, here we are, and I, they gotta figure sh- something out. But good for Quinn Hughes here. I think. Uh, in a, a way, just kind of like a uh, a light at the 
a light in the dark, I should say, for the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, as bad as their record is, they're, they're not too far from 500, 27-32-5, 6-3-1 in their last 10, on a three-game win streak. I mean, maybe, maybe we string some shit together, but uh, playoff hopes are definitely scattered right now. Uh, they are 12 yep. points behind See the Calgary later. Flames, who are in fifth, and that doesn't even, like, get the Flames into the playoffs right now. Yeah. It's nuts. So the playoff race is pretty tight. Very tight. But, uh <clears throat> Speaking about uh, talking about the Flyers earlier, we're gonna we're gonna get into that right now. So the Flyers GM was fired this week. Uh, Chuck Fletcher was fired this week, and former Flyer and special assistant to GM Daniel Breer has taken over the, as interim GM. Uh, this comes after a failed trade deadline by Chuck. They have they had tried to move UFA James Van Riemsdyk, but failed to do so, as well as several other players. The organization wanted a better organized GM to take the role. Uh, Fletcher leaves after his fifth year with the organization, only making playoffs once. Uh, Danny Breer was on the Flyers roster the last time they made the Stanley Cup Finals in 2010 when they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, interesting move here. For uh, I, I feel like anytime we talk about like an organiza- organization that's hurting, uh, a lot of times it is the head coach that seems to get the uh, uh, seems to become the scapegoat here, which would have been John Tortorella, but this time it's uh, the GM here. So uh, kind of a bit of a move, and I think I like the Daniel Brea situation here as uh, the new interim GM. This dude has been uh, – Brea has been with the organization for years. He knows the ins and outs of it. He's been – again, he's been the uh, assistant GM, so he kind of knows his shit. So maybe uh, as an interim he could figure shit out for the Flyers here, but uh, I don't know. I'm not holding my – fucking breath there because the Flyers have been shit for the past three seasons now. Yeah, I think it has to do a lot with their drafting and developing when it comes to Chuck Fletcher. Some of the decisions that he's made over time hasn't hasn't been great. Um, not being able to move in Reamsdyke and get something done. Like you said, five years and only one year in the playoffs, that's not going to be good enough for no. you know a, a fan base like the Flyers. You have no. guys with paper bags over their heads saying, fire Fletcher, yeah. which I thought was a little bit much. Tony D'Angelo called out, too, on social media saying, like, oh, relax, it's not like that kind of thing. But, yeah. I mean, I think when enough fans speak, you know, a vocal minority kind of, you know, takes, takes the front of the helm and yeah. out goes Fletcher. Um, five years is a long time, long enough for – you know, the average fan to understand, like, this isn't working, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Danny Breer, I feel like he's come up through this roster very quickly uh, on the on the back end, you yeah. know, in the office and just kind of flying through, you know, all the motions of it just to get him into this role. I do think that he will make a good GM if they make him a full-time one, and it'll be kind of like I would equate it to Marty St. Louis being, like, the coach of the okay, Montreal yeah. Canadiens, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this now where – Former NHLers are just going to slot into all of these jobs across the league. Yeah. Just and because it, they have the hockey mind for it. Oh, Sorry. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And it's it just it's going to make more sense, I think. Uh, I think when you put – when you mix – what am I trying to say? When you put, like, business mindset into a hockey mindset, it's different. Whereas, like, Danny Breer, he's got the hockey slash – I'm assuming through the years, like business mindset too, but more so hockey where he understands the ins and outs of like what the fuck's going on. I think that helps out a lot more than some guy who has a business degree and is just treating this team as like a business, you know? I think that helps out a team a lot more. Yeah, and I think when he can get that much of a closer relationship with everybody that he knows at the organization, top down, I mean all the way down to the the prospects that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. 
And again, like what you said, you, you've been seeing just a lot more like throughout. If you go to if you go to like team websites, you'll see like GMs and assistant GMs and stuff. You're like, even oh, just I know the, that player. Even yeah. just the baseline staff too. Um, we talked about it in what team was it? That brought on a ton, a ton of former NHLers. I'm, I'm butchering it. It was two, three weeks ago. Edmonton, one of the Canadian teams, brought in a bunch of guys for, like, the defensive coach and, and oh, things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I just think top-down organizations are looking at their former players and saying, hey, you were a very good fit for our organization when you played for us. Why don't you come and work with our up. guys and show them how, how to fit in with this team? Right, you know? exactly. And it, it, helps, it helps with a team, too, a team mindset, where uh, as a player you're not – uh, as a player, you're seeing your GM or you're seeing your whatever as another player that mm-hmm. understands what you're going through mm-hmm. and not a guy that's just a business degree that you're kind of unsure if you could talk to person, player to player and, like, for that person to understand. Where I guarantee you, like, they could just be on the ice and be like, they could fuck around and be like, hey, like, Breer, like I'm just I'm having an issue with this. I've seen you play. Yeah, and then Danny Breer fucking career. trades him. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. Enjoy the minors, but D- doesn't even fucking respond. Hey, you better figure that out then. <laughs> Have fun. Enjoy the bus ride. Just leaves the ice, but like check your phone in a few hours, buddy. See you later. Three hour ride to Utica. <laughs> you fucking scummed. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll see what happens with the Flyers there. But I, I just, again, I would just not hold my breath at all. The uh, yeah, I got a couple of buddies that are big Flyers fans. And I think, um, you know, like I said, the drafting and developing of the past five years just hasn't been good. And I think that's no. what's going to really lock them up right now. Yeah. Um, but maybe in the next two, three years, I think, excuse me, if, if Breer gets the GM job, you're going to see a window of at least five years for him to take this downswing and turn it around and then they'll start looking at it and deciding whether or not they want to keep riding him right and it's again he's interim so they're definitely looking for something unless like they just for some reason find out that danny Breer is like the right fit so they might hire in the offseason too over Breer, but i i don't really see that happening personally no No. uh but let's move on to a uh i I talked about this last week where i wanted to do a breakdown of them or at at least talk about them uh we have not at all, for some reason, talked about the Dallas Stars uh, uh, in the coming, in the past, like, what, five, six episodes of the Post Post Podcast. Hey, last week I talked about, we talked about Lena Selmark and Jeremy Swayman, and right up, right next to, like, one of the best goalies in the league is Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars here, and I promised everyone I would kind of talk about him, and here's my little uh, Jake Ottinger appreciation post. Uh, Ottinger is having a career-high year, and we haven't talked about him or the Stars this season yet again. He's got a 2.40 GAA, which is second career best and sixth best in the league, and a .920 save percentage, which is career best and fourth best in the league, with a 27-9-0 record. Ottinger has solidified his spot as a starter for Dallas with 49 games played so far this season compared to his backup, Scott Wedgwood, who's played 18 games. He was part of last year's debacle on goaltending for the Stars when they had Braden Holpe, Antoine Hudobin, and Scott Wedgwood all fighting for a spot. He would get the starting spot in the playoffs after Dallas got in as a wild card versus the first place team Calgary Flames, where he would help force seven games but would not be able to push past the Flames and the first round. 
He would have an incredible 1.81 GAA and .954 save percentage during that series with one shutout as well, stopping 272 shots of 285. In Game 7, he would have 64 saves, capping off an incredible series where he set one of the best goaltending in franchise playoffs and NHL playoffs history. To add to that, to, sorry, to add to that stat, Dallas would only have 28 shots on goal in that Game 7. I've talked about how good defense and offense helps boost the confidence of goaltending, but it goes both ways. This uh, the the Andre situation has been play and how he's been playing. I guarantee you has been one of the massive boosts for the Stars team and organization to do what they've been doing this season. Get ready for a team and goal that understands what it takes to win a playoff series this year that didn't get in by a wild card but by being the best team in the central division and seventh overall to finish the season to, yeah, sorry to finish the season strong and to show the league how far they've come since last year's first round exit in the playoffs that 4 mil AAV Andres getting is uh, looking like a steal for the Dallas Stars this season and uh, I've I, again last last week I wanted to talk about him but I never uh, never got around to it and I think Andre has been Straight from Boston University has like really fucking solidified his spot. And I actually forgot about when I was digging in a little bit, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They had fucking like five goalies all fighting for a spot. Brain Hopey got uninjured, Antoine Hugh Dobin, Scott Wedgwood. They picked up Scott Wedgwood in the middle of it. You're like, all right, so what the fuck's going on? And here's Jake Ottinger just like, all it takes is really like a playoff series for like an organization to be like, Oh, damn, dude. Like, all right, yeah, we could see you as the future of the organization. I think it was more than just that. Going into the playoffs last season, he also played 48 games. He's played 49 now this season. So this guy's workload is fucking insane. Mm -hmm. Last year, 48 games in the NHL, 10 games in the AHL for a total of 58, 2.53 and a .914. So a little bit worse than this season, but Mm -hmm. just that massive workload. Like, you don't usually see, like, here's our starter. The backup's going to get, like, 20, 30 games. Like, that's crazy that's to me. Nuts to just give him that kind of workload. Four mil for that. Like, I think that's great. But I do feel like eventually, like, he's gonna have to come back down to earth. I think like you can't just ride a guy fifty games a season and then expect him to go on a massive playoff push to bring you guys to the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. You know, there's there's maybe been a handful of goalies that could fucking do that in NHL history. Is Jake Ottinger the guy? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, dude, he is just. Just putting in fucking work for the Dallas Dawes, and uh, you're, you're definitely seeing it right now with how good they've been playing this season. It's been unbelievable. From last year, wild card spot to like again one of the best teams in like the West and seventh be- seventh as a team overall in the NHL is kind of a fucking crazy 180 for this Dallas Dawes team, just in my opinion. Yeah, what's nuts to me too, like the, we've we've talked pretty poorly about the West, about how weak it is, and compared to the East, but like. These teams are starting to heat up. I talked about the Wild earlier, 8-0-2 oh, in their last 10. I got the Kings, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. The Colorado Avalanche are coming back and getting healthy, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. I think those guys are going to start to catch their pace, get their stride. The mm-hmm. Kraken are still maintaining. The Golden Knights are still maintaining. Like, it's, it's a very tight race out west now, too. But it's really just the top eight teams are in and the bottom eight are out, in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of wiggle room, like – and same thing in the East. Like, it's it's really starting to separate, like, the men from the boys, per se. So, yeah, yeah. I think, like, it's really going to come down to, like, do you care that much about your seeding towards the end of the season that 
you're going to play Jake Ottinger and not rest him? Right. Or do you rest him, drop a couple seeds, and now get ready to ride Jake Ottinger in the playoffs and hope that he can beat a better team than you would have been matched up against if you didn't rest him? Right. So and I, I don't know. And I love Scott Wedgwood. I think Scott Wedgwood, he's been bossing around the league just in general, but I think he's just a solid backup just to have. I, I, he's not He's not a starter by any means, but just like – just a solid, very positional backup to have. But here's my thought when we're talking about a guy who's played, Jake Ottinger, who's played, like, all these games. Like, what happens when he gets hurt? Like, what's what what happens? Now Jake You're shit out of luck and you turn into the Vancouver Canucks, yeah. don't you think? Yep, I think so, too. That It's like that Thatcher Demko situation that they have in this year where Thatcher Demko went on hurt and, hey, you are fucking scrambling to get something something going. So, uh I think, I think that's why the majority of teams in the NHL are now a 1A, 1B tandem. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, one 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 thousand percent. It's not. It's not like. No, it's not you, feasible. It's, yeah, exactly. You can't. You can't whatsoever. Like you got to rely. You ever. You got to have a reliable backup. And uh, again, a, a huge, a huge. A, uh, what am I trying to say? A huge, huge example of that is Jeremy Swam and Linus Allmark situation. We're just like that's one A one B tandem right there. Both are starters, and they're both just playing out of their fucking asses here. Um, who's the other two? The Auntie Ranta and. Uh, Frederick Anderson. Uh, Frederick Anderson too for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's one A one B right there. It's just it, it's just you got to have that fucking tandem. And again, like what I said with Scotch Woodward, he's a solid backup, but he's not a starter. So if if this uh, if Jake Ottinger seems to get hurt or something happens, it, you might see a Dallas Stars start to struggle here. But um, just an appreciation post just for him in general because uh, I I hope. I hope he doesn't get injured at all. I'm not hoping anything bad for him, but just in general, his career, just ever since like leaving BU to come to the NHL, has been fucking unbelievable. And uh, it, and within three seasons uh, mm-hmm. with the Dallas Stars, he's really fucking solidified his spot and has just taken that starting spot. So uh, just all of appreciation for uh, Jake Andre here. There you go. That was my that was my little breakdown for everyone i guarantee there was more there was really more but i'm just like fuck we're gonna be here all fucking day so uh i can't wait to see this dude just in action and see uh see where he takes the dallas Stars organization here no who wasn't very appreciative this week is your boy casimir Cascasua. yeah he was uh he was uh not a fan at all um i mean let me get into that since he seems to be my boy all right so casimir Cascasuo. if uh, you guys are not aware Cas was a uh He's big on YouTube. He was the, uh, during COVID, he was the taxi cab third string backup for the Nashville Predators. And uh, I think that's where he kind of gained his gained his fame with uh, YouTube. But uh, he's in the Swedish Hockey League. And in uh, a game that he had last week, he threw his water bottle at a referee and hit him in the back. Kaskasua was suspended for five games, uh, again, in the SHL for the incident. Uh, MLB scouts uh, were appreciating how accurate that throw was because, uh, holy shit, I was. I, I don't think he even I, looked. I want to say that it was inaccurate in the sense that, like, he just chucked it and then he was like, oh, fuck, it's oh, going to hit him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he was, like, just throwing it to make a point and it was like, oh, wow, whoops. Unless he actually did it on purpose. Like, yeah, I fucking got your ass. Uh, <laughs> but Cascasuro is also having a rough season with a 3-9-0 record, uh, 3.30 GAA, and a .879 save percentage. Um Sorry, for all the fans of his YouTube channel, he has taken a bit of a break. Uh, probably to focus on everything. His yeah, last... probably focus on making some saves. <laughs> probably keep that out of the net. Yeah, I think the last post he had was like a, a mic'd up. He does like these mic'd up um, 
GoPro like practice things that he puts up. But uh, before uh, Lexan's IF that he plays for, uh, he did talk about how he kind of did go to the Swedish Hockey League and kind of acknowledged that he was going to be the backup for the team. But, uh, yeah, he's not getting the starts that I guess he wanted in, like, some vlog that he had. So uh, it's kind of rough to see him kind of hurt in this. But I don't know. I, I hate to see a guy get that close to making it all the way to the NHL. Like, he's right there, you know, the, the third string goalie or the first, like, the starter in the AHL. And then kind of, like, hit their head on the ceiling a little bit and kind of trend downwards. Yeah. And go back to, like, another league and, and try and work on things. Like, that's just terrible. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a guy like him would have been fun to have in the league, too. Yeah. I hope YouTube isn't really fucking hurting because, like, it, it is it, – YouTube is just, just a lot of work. Between editing and putting shit out and now it, it's – it's. I feel like I'm bitching because it's easy for me because I'm just barely a guy that plays, like, once a week. That, But he plays – Fucking every day, mm -hmm. he's editing, he's putting stuff up, he's got a family, he's in Sweden and all this stuff. So uh, it's good that he's taking a break. Again, like the last thing he had was like a month ago. So I think uh, a good mental break and kind of like reset here is what Cass needs. And I uh, I can only, I can just only assume that like maybe frustrations really uh, took over with him and he fucking chucked the uh, bottle at the ref. But I'm glad the ref didn't get hurt. Again, five Ref didn't games. even flinch. They didn't he just flinch ate him and he just left. Yeah, they're gonna give a five fuck. Five games is a good little slap on the wrist for Kaz because you, you just don't fucking do that whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So, no, yeah, five games is the right number. I think. Yep. So uh, I guess we'll see. I think I get. I, I guarantee you he's gonna put up some posts soon because he knows the clicks are coming. He goes, "Why I did what I did?" Like some kind of fucking. And I'll be all Click on bait. it. I'll Click be bait. all on it. Yep. There, there you go. go. So be ready for that. Uh, I saw a kind of viral thing going around social media today, and I came up with a pretty good question for you. So NFL former superstar J.J. Watt, uh, his men's league hockey team has a hot dog maker in the locker room after his team's game. I sent this to my dog's team, and uh, I think we're all in on getting one. You guys got to get like um, dogs for the dogs. Exactly, like a, a branded thing too, and like you, you see all the hot, right you see the hot dogs Ooh, too, right down the side. Dogs, yeah, okay, yeah. yep. I see what you're saying. Uh, what is the weirdest thing you've had or seen in the locker room after a game? That is a solid question. Oh, do you know off the top of your head? I, I do, yeah, because I, I hadn't had anything like crazy too weird, uh, but a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the guys I skate with at pickup, his relative works for an oyster company so he brought in a cooler full of oysters and he's shucking oysters in the locker room for us to, to have what? yeah wild right isn't that nuts <laughs> what it's like the most foul thing to eat too like oysters is pretty like slimy like kind of gross and now you're sitting in like a stinky ass like hockey locker room having some oysters but they were like they were some of like the best oysters i've ever had in my life i don't usually like oysters but they were fucking phenomenal jesus and he was like he had like the cut resistant gloves he's got a knife he's like Digging them out, shucking them for us. He's got like the the seafood sauce. I forget what the fuck it is, like cocktail <laughs> sauce, but no, it's something else. And it's fucking like slap it right on there, slurp it back, fucking throw it in the trash bag. Jesus, bomb, dude, wicked good. That's little pregame snack right there. Well, after, after, dude, no after. way, dude, hucking those up while I'm skating. No, yeah, you'll be hucking exactly. Um, I'm trying to think. The I can only think of like cool shit I've seen. You know how like guys bring like coolers and stuff for like the biz. I saw uh, I saw one where like it was a Zamboni looking one. Uh, it was like a legit like it was a cooler that looked like a Zamboni. You, you lift it at the top. Yeah, and, like, my team had one of those. Yep. Yeah, it was yep. pretty sick. Those are funny. Um, but uh, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it doesn't have to be weird either. Just like I don't know something interesting. 
I just thought it was a cool one to throw out there. Something that like it has been a hot dog maker, dude. That's fucking wild, right? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever. I mean, we brought grills. We brought a grill before. We hey, brought an RV. Gr- grills make sense, but yeah. you do it outside, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 inside. But uh, yeah, the only thing I can think of that was weird that kind of sticks with me to this day was. Oh, man, it was, like, before COVID, 2017, 2016, maybe. I played for, this is when New England Senior Hockey League was still around. I filled it for them at Quincy Youth Arena, and uh, the team was just like, hey, we're in this, I think we're in lock of four or some shit. Anyway, I, will, I walk in, and um, there's just music blaring. I'm like, the fuck is this? So I open it up, and there's a goalie just, like, almost completely ready, like, half an hour before like we even like get on the ice and just blaring like metal music we're like okay so like we're trying to talk to him but wait you're you're a goalie you're filling in as a goalie he's like the other team's goalie oh okay but yeah. he's for some reason in our locker room and yeah. we're like okay well we're just kind of like the other the team's in the other locker room we just i'm just gonna stay here i'm like okay so i'm just getting ready we're like it's it's men's league, sort of. And like he's got a speaker, go- or has he got headphones? He's got like a Bluetooth speaker. Okay, everything's fucking going. Yep, so we're yep. trying to talk to him, we're like, hey. So he finally turns it down a little, and we're talking. And he goes, "So, uh, uh, you play for uh, you play for uh, New England City?" He goes, "No, I'm actually uh, just driving through. I play for the Fed." And I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "This is everything about this is making sense." The more he talks, because like, he's just like. Oh fuck! I didn't want to use the word scumbag, but it's like such like scumbaggery shit, like the locker room. And then you get on the ice, and he's hacking away at like these dudes, like in his crease. And that's like, funny. Oh, dude! Like the fucking Fed is such like a joke of a league, and like he really like solidified that like have they, notion have they of folded it. Or no? No, the Fed is still going on. But if you're an absolute fucking scumbag that just likes to fight and just like doesn't care about hockey just in general, like uh, I guarantee you the Fed will pick you up in general. And I'd is it like mostly New England? No, they're all around. Like when I say all around, I think there's like teams in like Ohio and shit yeah. that you like travel to. But it's it's a big fighting league, and this dude was definitely part of it because again, like we walk in and like disturbed and Slipknot's fucking playing. We're like, the fuck is this dude? And then he was like, yeah, just tr- just travel. The fact through. that he wouldn't even move over to wouldn't like, even that's, move. That's mind like, that's mind games and a half. Christ, and goes, then he's yeah. hacking you out there. Like, what? Are you gonna come get changed with us after? Yeah, and he's like, he's. I remember at one point, uh, it was this during warmups. I'm just like, I saw like a puck just kind of fly through me and he's like shooting pucks down like my end into the net and i'm like what the fuck are you doing like do you not understand this is like yeah, he does he wants to fight you i should have should just that's funny should have uh but yeah that's the, that's the one thing it's not crazy i guess but it was something that like has just stuck with me ever since it's just just an incident that just like will just not leave i'll be on my deathbed be like hey remember the fucking time that dude from the fred came over but that's my thought that's nuts but I will add the uh, we we've literally been thinking of putting like uh, the dogs because we're all fucking fat old guys now. So we're talking about just like getting that thing fucking. You guys should ready make alternate go. jerseys that are like a cart our cartoon face with like arms and legs. Hot dog. Oh no, we've already considered yeah, this. Yeah. It's gonna be an alt jersey. Cool. Uh, you know how they have the stripes? It'll be red and uh, yellow for yep, like yep, uh, mustard, ketchup yep, and mustard. Yep. Maybe some green for like relish yep. or some shit. Yep. But that's uh that's all I got. Maybe I'll think of something. Maybe maybe I'm forgetting something. We're gonna finish this up. It's gonna be like two in the morning. We're gonna be like laying in bed. Like, oh, I remember that. No, but yeah, nothing nothing crazy for you. I feel like all the crazy shit happened after, especially during like um, especially during like tournaments. 
Like, you go outside of the parking lot, you start to, like, start looking around and be like, oh, that's some crazy shit going on right mm. now. Yeah. There's some dude shit face just, like, break dancing in the parking lot. <laughs> I, uh, I skated with a guy that was so drunk, like, when he was a goalie, when they would take shots, he would literally, like, fall over just trying to set to, like, make a save. And uh, he had to have the pro shop employee cut the laces off of his skates because he couldn't untie them when we were done skating. <laughs> so that one's pretty good. That one's pretty good. <laughs> I feel bad about that one, but he's uh, he's doing better for himself now. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's always good to know. Gotta gotta appreciate it. Always on the up. Yeah. But um, you ready? Uh, I think I'm. We're done for this episode. Yeah. Uh, like- I actually played forward on Sunday night. First That's time in right. like a year. That is right. My whole body hurt like Monday, Tuesday, the whole day. Like just different muscles I never use. I was moving like a turtle. It's weird that you brought that up. Because uh, I remember, what was it, 10 o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night? I just got the snap. I'm like, the fuck is this? And then you're like, dude, I played forward. I was like, okay. And uh, I didn't think you'd hurt that bad. You know how many fat guys you play with? Like that play out and they're just like. Yeah, blind. but they're doing it every week. It's like using a different muscle group. Like I don't go to the fucking gym, so I'm not. I'm never doing cardio. So I was on the bench like sucking wind, like <laughs> bad, dude, bad. And then one of our guys went down, so we had a short bench too. It was fucking no bueno. I, I just like I, I look like Bambi out there. Like my legs aren't aren't there yet, but like I got two goals, so I was like pretty pretty proud of yeah. myself. But you know, I don't know. It's just. I think stuff. I like feel that. like in my head I can do more, but I can't execute physically. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like fucking. Yeah, I believe it. Connor, yeah. Connor McDavid. Yeah, fucking I was literally just about to bring him up. Kyle Connor McDavid, Pasta. Kyle Connor McDavid. Yeah. Did uh did that experience made you appreciate like Connor McDavid even more? You're just like, wow, this dude can fucking. It fly. more so made me appreciate like my forwards. So like when they're not back checking and stuff, like I know why. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm not back checking, dude. That is fucking. I'm gassed. <laughs> And I want to go to the bench, but, like, I just got out here, <laughs> like, 30 seconds ago. Now, yeah, now you're going to be a net going, like, there's a 2 one coming your way. Like, I understand. Yeah, I get, I get it now. I'll try my best, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we got the hot dogs going in the locker room. We should be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got good. oysters, hot dogs, <laughs> fucking metal music. Anything you want. All right. We got more. Uh, we got two more of these, baby. Then uh, we got to figure out something. We've been, on, we've been on a Dr. McGillicuddy's uh, kick. It's fine by me. Uh, we are going to be recording next Friday, which is on St. Patrick's Day, right? You have no plans next Friday? No. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do anything either. Um, so we'll be recording on that day. So for you listeners now, this will drop Monday for you. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Next week will be nice and festive with a Guinness jersey up behind us. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fucking it'll mess drop in Boston. After. Yeah, yeah. Southie Parade's back, full swing. They shortened the route last year. This year it's full tilt full boogie. Tilt. It's going to be bad. It's going to be good. Yeah. Huh. Not when you work where I work, buddy. It's Oh, it's going to be when you work where I work, it's going to be good because I'm <laughs> slanging Guinness, dude. I'm just selling mad beer. When you work with the public, it's a different situation. St. Patrick's Day means the summer and spring is starting. People are done with dry January and watching their figure. And their New Year's resolutions are done. So... Yeah. Start drinking, folks. Yeah. If Cheers. You, if you're not from if you're not from Boston, uh, St. Patty's Day in Southie is uh, might be a thing you should do. <coughs> Maybe like a one-time thing. I think uh, it's South- definitely like not a bucket list thing, but it's like something to check out. Like, wow, they get away with this. <laughs> it's a fucking mess. Like they're just out there drinking. Boston out of solo cops, cups. state cops are just like, this is gonna happen regardless. They just they stand there and shake their heads at these fucking idiots. Yep. And they're like, all right, fuck it, we'll we'll wait, we'll wait till after like seven o'clock and then start fucking kicking people yeah. around if they even make it. Yeah. Like, uh, 
Yes. Hey, have you heard about the new? Uh, they're calling them Borgs. Is that what they are? Borgs. B O R G. So this is like the new thing the kids are doing. I heard about it on a <gasps> podcast. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I heard about it on a podcast. So this can't be real. Like I, I, some people are doing this, but like they're not doing this. Doing this. They take a gallon of water and they dump out half of it, and they fill the other half up with vodka, and then they add like liquid IV or Mio or any of those like oh that's Kool Aid like things to make it taste good. Yeah. And they spend the whole day drinking a drinking gallon yep. of fucking shit, and they name it. They they name their Borg. So like some of them are like soldier soldier Borg. Oh god. And like any 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 pun you can think of with Borg, like I uh, I the I, artist formerly known as Bjorg. No, it's funny. I actually literally just had a conversation with my coworker today about it. Uh, they actually both of my coworkers used to hang out all the time. And just like we were doing it before school, I'm like, oh yeah, what'd you do? He goes, none of this fucking IV shit. He goes, so you'd get like those gallons of like juice and uh, yeah, party well, punch. Is that what he's gonna go with? Right. Well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But they would have juice. They would need two different color juices so they know which one was what. So they would pour half of that out and then fill the other one with gin. So like. Oh yeah, one's gin, one's vodka. Gin. No, 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 just fucking gin. Yeah. So like half, both of them just drinking gin, and I'm just like. Did you guys survive? He goes, dude, by like three hours into it, we're just like, it was just a fucking mess. And he, <laughs> I didn't even know this existed until they brought it up. And then they were telling me the story about this. I'm like, yeah. God damn. So what's I, I what's guess... worse? This is Four Loco. Remember Four Loco? Four was Loco a was worse. Mess? But, but at UMass Amherst, I guess they had like 20 ambulances go out because people were fucking ripping those things. Slamhurst, baby. Just, I don't know. Zoomass. Slamhurst. Zoomass. Slamhurst. Slamhurst is like the, definitely the party school, so oh, yeah. I wouldn't. But it's gotten a much better reputation for an education, too. Like, they're actually, like, it used to be the one that's, like, your safety school. Like, they're definitely going to fucking accept you. You can go there, you know. <laughs> but now, like, they're actually yeah, good selecting and, and getting getting good. They have good sports teams, too. Um, so, yeah, just, just kind of cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you might see, now that you said that, you might see a lot of that. Our Celtic. guest that we had on, Paul Varley, told me, too, um, you're just asking about the four locos. They're illegal in the United States, the old ones, right? They discontinued yeah. them. You can't have them anymore. Yeah, anymore. They still have four locos. There's no caffeine in them. When he was in Mongolia and Ecuador, these other countries, they're still around. Oh, yeah, it's not around. So he's like, I can get you one if you want. I'm like, I kind of want one, but like, I don't know if I'm going to drink it. You know what I mean? <laughs> just to have one yep. on me. Well, those countries don't give a shit. But also, like, they're, the countries are also full of people that just, like, know when to stop. We're, meanwhile, we're in Boston. We're full of people just, like, keep fucking going, buddy. Yeah. Can you think still? Yep. Dude, uh, yeah, again, for anybody not in Boston, if you ever get the chance, uh, St. Pat's Day Parade in, Bo- in uh, South is fucking huge, and you're going to see some crazy shit. Like, I have uh, never gone, and I don't think I ever will. Like New Orleans strip type of shit. I remember, like, walking through, and there were, like, fucking 14, 15-year-old Southie kids just, like, passed out in the streets. Like, the bars all around were just, like, packed. I'm like... All right, well, it's going to be my first and last time doing this. Yeah, but never, the cops, never did it. Don't think I will. Like you said, the cops are just at that point. We're just like, we can't do anything. Yeah. We're just going to let them do whatever the hell. But, yeah, when you work at the public like I do, um, now you uh, don't like it as much because now you got to deal with all the drunks and the fights and the puking and not for me. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, head on over to postpostpod.com. Get yourself some hockey merch for St. Patrick's Day. Get yourself all geared up. Get ready for playoffs coming up soon. Another month and a half or so. Uh, Schedule shrinking. Uh, Thanks again to Corona Premier for sponsoring the podcast, our official presenting sponsor. Check them out. 2.6 grams of carbs, 90 calories. Pick them up at your local packy. 
crushing them today. Oh, yeah. Really good. Going down like water like they always do. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace.